Hello and welcome to the Impact at Home podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Good morning Finn. Good morning Jane, how are you? I'm great thank you. It's a Friday morning this morning. I know the podcast isn't going out on a Friday but it's our usual Friday morning recording. It is. We've had a cappuccino and a hot chocolate to start and now we're doing our podcast and today we are going to be talking about pupil resilience and independence and the cognitive science behind it and strategies that schools can use. And, and I think resilience is a really good topic at the moment, not just for pupils, but I think for particularly teachers and anybody yeah. working in a school. And I think we've had oh. to show quite a lot of resilience this week. What a week we've had. Oh, what a week. What a week. Yeah. In we've... fact, we were just sitting having coffee and we said, right, let's just do a quick review of the week. Mm. Right. What do we do Monday? Um, we couldn't remember <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you know I, I and again I can't remember oh we did a, a research bites webinar we did a webinar we did, yeah. um, vocabulary teaching vocabulary well and then on Tuesday we did a full day conference which is our first oh, full day was, remote conference that was fantastic wasn't it that was yeah. a really good day really enjoyed it but it was also really interesting because we were sat next to each other how much you know in this in this format like we are today how much easier that was than doing it over zoom it was Tuesday that made me realise over the last nine months that having that conversation, mm. it was so, it just struck me that it was so nice to have that conversation with mm. you. Mm. And it was that banter, it was yeah. the back and forth. Well, it was the picking up on your thoughts and feelings without you actually saying anything. Yeah. You know, because I knew yeah. what you were going to yeah. say next or, you know, um, we we could, you know, we both thought the same and looked at each other, or, you know, just little things like that. You don't realise how much you miss. And this must be what teachers and pupils are experiencing yeah. as well during social isolation is that you don't know what you've lost until you get back to how it was yeah. before. And I think that you don't know what you've lost in the classroom until you think, until we're in a situation post vaccine where hopefully everything is is in a situation where there are no restrictions on movement on closeness to each mm. other and things like that I, I felt we were very much back to our Burton Ernie on Tuesday <laughs> for those of you of a certain age you'll know what we're talking about Sesame um Street. Sesame Street yeah it makes you realize that on one hand having all these remote sessions mm. has really opened up our world and we've mm. done lots of work particularly with schools in Scotland which has yeah. been well we've done quite fantastic. a bit with, with England as well but we're uh, we've got, you know, international people coming to our uh, our webinars, Australia, uh, Vietnam, yeah. you know, um, the Netherlands. Yeah. We, we would never have been able to do this week and, and do, I mean, we've, no. we've had Scotland, England yeah. and Wales. We, we couldn't have done that with the travelling no. in between no, us, but I think we'd have been on our knees today. Absolutely. But then we had on, on Wednesday, we had um, a couple of meetings in the morning with schools, but also in the afternoon, we did the Cardiff Mets um, Initial Teacher Education mm. event. I'm not quite sure what they called it because I must admit, my mind was elsewhere. Yes, it was. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that was very shocking. I spent 45 minutes <laughs> waiting to give my presentation, talking to um, Tom Breeze, who's uh, one of the lecturers, music lecturers at uh, Cardiff Met, who does all the tech side of things trying to fix the problem that Teams was creating that I couldn't get on Teams for some reason. I think it's because we were an organisation outside of the normal education. You couldn't, you, you couldn't get on the live event as a no. presenter, could you? Which no, is, no. Which was difficult. Oh, my gosh. But, yes. you know, you got there in the end by yeah. the phone. But <laughs> yeah, all credit to Tom. But and that, that was pure resilience for, yeah. both from you and Tom yeah. on Wednesday. Which I must, is, I must which admit good. that I didn't realise until this morning how stressed I have been this week because it's... It's just one thing after another, after another. And I think after months and months of 
coping with you know that that heightened level of um awareness of where you are what you're doing whether you're wearing a mask whether you're not wearing a mask those kinds of things and i'm sure that's what a lot of teachers are feeling at the moment is this you know it doesn't yeah. take much to tip you over the edge no. and I, I, in the office this morning waiting for you to, when waiting for mm. us to start this morning and i was reading a, a tweet from a head teacher mm. saying that that's it i don't want to go on i can't do this job anymore yeah. it's just too much and i'm just thinking mm. we're in our own little bubble mm. and, and we're finding it stressful but mm. i think we're nowhere on the same level no. of stress that those working in schools are experiencing at the moment and i think the end of term can't come sooner no sooner soon enough, enough for some people yeah because i mean the the only accountability we have is to make sure that our business survives so it's it's kind of more yeah. much more personal for us but for um, head teachers they've got accountability to their students to their staff to their parents to the wider community to welsh government to you know the, the middle tier to estin to consortia to whoever it is and you know i mean accountability in the widest sense and it might mm. be just a feeling of needing to do the right thing and of course as teachers we are all we are all focused on doing what's best at the right time for everyone and you know that this kind of perfectionist side of things I think a lot of teachers suffer with that and it's yeah. particularly difficult at a time like this but you know if we're thinking about more widely about um, resilience and independence um, and we're thinking particularly about children you know COVID-19 has been a real challenge for so many and it's also um, highlighted where there are difficulties or where things are not as they should be and I don't think I don't think it has um, actually brought a great deal of new things it's just exacerbated the problems that were already it's highlighted there. yeah it's yeah. really shone the spotlight do you know I was, I was talking to someone about just going off on a tangent because I feel we're going to do that That's Friday morning we yeah, might as well yes. stay uh, talking about um, the qualifications and the the whole mm -hmm. awarding qualifications in 2021 and this idea i know england now have talked about that they're going to let people know what's on the examinations and they're going to they're going they're going to be reduced but the fact is that you can't award qualifications in an effort to uh to solve the inequality that's been created by COVID-19. And that's the problem with so much of what's going on at the moment is it's, we're all trying to solve things that are insoluble. And I was having a conversation about, you know, pupil disadvantage uh, and how COVID-19 had uh, made that much, much worse and how, you know, qualifications were trying to level the playing Digest, field. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I was actually having a conversation with my husband. He said, well, surely you're trying to fix something that you know is is not related to that at all he said well what you really need to fix is poverty and i was like well yeah yeah that's what we really need to fix bigger issues and it, you know if we're thinking about the fsm pupils and pupil deprivation grant and you know pupil premium as it is in england and i'm sure scotland has got something similar that it's that's never going to fix poverty because poverty is such a systemic thing it's something that you know we we have had since since forever yeah and, it, and it's not just one body or one person's responsibility to be able to fix that it's mm. the whole of society yeah and when we're in this pandemic you know that maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine we you know i don't know how long it's going to take to i know to i think through, we're all a little it, bit afraid to say yeah, yeah it's gonna work because yeah. you know we're all sort of tentative about it but 
getting back to education. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah. let's get back to what we were going to talk about this morning. Yeah, we were going to talk about um, how do you support pupils to become more resilient? And I think one of the, the most interesting pieces of research out there at the moment, uh, or research that we should maybe talk about, is Dan Pink's Science of Motivation, that he identified three elements of what motivates pupils, them being uh, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And I think that's particularly interesting given that uh, schools in Wales, but also schools elsewhere are thinking about how to create education that has a real purpose. Because unless pupils really understand why, why they're learning what they're learning, yeah. or the rationale behind it, or what the purpose of it is, then it's much, much more difficult to, to encourage them to be independent with it. And particularly if it's remote learning as well, to yeah. get that, that message yeah. across and get that understanding is the value of it yeah yeah because remote learning can't be perceived by pupils as something to keep them busy yeah it's not activities no it's it's got to be something that's actually going to help Mm -hmm. them move forward something that's relevant to their learning at the time and I know that how incredibly difficult that is and I think ideally the remote learning would probably you probably need a year off yeah teaching in order to become an, an excellent remote teacher and then start again but obviously we don't have that but if, if we just going off on Another a little tangent. tangent as we were just <laughs> just thinking um, some of the the, the conversations that, the presentations from the Cardiff Met on Wednesday and mm. um, how far yeah as a as a profession we've come since in such a short time in since March as, as far as well, blended learning is concerned also and, and pedagogy well also over the um over the lifetime of a teacher I mean when I first started teaching, and I actually started teaching just after you, I started teaching with chalk on a uh, blackboard, and I didn't have a computer in my classroom. And I remember the first computer I got in my classroom, how little we could do, but it was back to memos in pigeonholes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to find something out, you had to look at a piece of paper to, to find out yeah. the, the news or whatever. And I think that as a profession, we have moved so so far from where we started but how our pupils as well will have such a different experience like they were saying kind of met that the pupils in the last 10 years might only have experienced ipads as opposed to well they've, they've grown up with ipads mm. so they haven't known life without and I, and I think back to my son and my son is you know coming up to 15 mm. And even when he, I can just remember when he was little and the mm. first iPad we had, and I mm. thought, yeah, he's always been used mm. to having a tablet. For me, it's still a bit of a, a novelty. novelty. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think what, what I had when I was a child, yeah. well, it was a, I don't know, what did I, colouring books, I think I had. Etch a sketch. Yeah, that was a, that's about as far as I went. Yeah. But going back to the creating resilient pupils and Dan Pink's um, research, purpose has to be something that we are thinking about all of the time not just on the kind of large curriculum scale but also on the individual lesson or the individual activity relating it back to the learning outcome and making sure the learning outcome is absolutely clear Mm. and it is part of a sequential curriculum that actually is going to an end point that everybody is clear and understands but this idea of autonomy as well having ownership that's an interesting concept it is and and also we go back to blended learning how do we how do we get autonomy mm. in a blended learning context well that's that there yeah that just, that's that's really really difficult i'm not sure that that is something that anybody has mm. really been focusing on but 
in terms of being able to say, well, I'm going to do this or I'm going mm. to do it this way and getting that interaction, that, that's, that's something that you need to think about in terms of the, the video call element of mm. it. Mm. Um, but the, I think the, the most important element of that science and motivation is the mastery. Yeah. And we've been talking about mastery for a, a number of years now. And yeah. I think it re- people are really, you know, you look back at your teaching and we, we've always had to balance between delivering the content of a curriculum mm. and, and coverage. Mm. And I think we're really beginning to now think about, well, it's, a, it's about mastering mm. the core skills that we really do need. Because this is it. Resilience is actually um, a sort of... Um, a indication of your expectation of mm. success mm. because you know resilience isn't who you are it's the context it's the what you're being asked yeah. to confront so for example if you were you know if you were somebody who standing at the bottom of I don't know Everest and say yeah off you go be resilient get on with it you know I think I would just say no no thank you very much but if it was I don't know um talking about cognitive science I think I would be very resilient talking about quantum physics be there all day wouldn't you yeah yeah quantum physics maybe not so so it's resilience yeah, it's is about specific. our expectation of success and I think a lot of children coming to school um because of maybe some of the experiences they've had outside of school maybe some of the messages they've had outside of school they're coming with a low expectation of their own success so one of the ways to counteract that is actually to develop competence through scaffolded it's not about giving them lots of easy easy work that they can complete no it's about finding the the right balance of challenge yeah so that they can succeed but there's that element of um yes overcoming the challenges and it's it's when you're faced with something that you think you can't do but then you're given the support to help you um manage to do it the uh the feeling of achievement and Mm. uh, motivation afterwards is so much more i mean it's something i personally have experienced in my life i i've done a lot of running and at one point i decided i was going to run across wales and I remember having as you did as one morning. I've had that thought many a time. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. run no, the length, no, no, no. run the length <laughs> yeah. of Wales in in a week. And um, I remember having a massive wobble about I don't know about two months beforehand. I was training an awful yeah. lot, and I phoned um, somebody I knew who was a coach, and they just said, "Right, well, okay, what you need is you need to have more protein drinks, and you maybe need to just accept mm. that you're going to feel tired, and you are going to be a little bit wobble." And say, "Oh, okay, right, I'll just take it next step, and I'll have a go." And it was fine in the end, but it's just thinking about how can we give people the um, scaffolding and the support to get them through the challenges that they'll face along the way in order to really achieve something at the end and therefore feel much more positive about the next time they approach mm-hmm. something like that. I, I think this is this is something that, that we're talking about in the spring term, mm-hmm. maybe doing a webinar, a Research Bites webinar yeah. on because I think there's so much that we could be talking about and sharing and applications for um, teaching within the classroom. Mm. Because there's this idea with resilience as well, you know, the the whole link with growth mindset um, and character education, that it is something um, kind of ethereal, you know, sort of amorphous that you can't grasp. And it's just like, 
you know, giving praise at the right time or creating the right learning environment. And it's so much more systematic and step by step and tangible than that, isn't it? There are real strategies that can be used in order to create the pleasure of success and the pleasure of achievement in appropriate yeah. challenge for that, pupils. That's the key thing, isn't it? It's, it's developing that pleasure of success. Yeah. Wanting to try another challenge, not just being given challenge after challenge. Yes. Just being you exposed know, yeah. to challenge. You're just not going to, well, no. if that was me, I, I'd yeah. be, well, hey. Yeah, I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> this is it, because motivation is about the, the kind of three phases of motivation. There's activation, actually deciding to initiate an action, actually deciding to do something. There's persistence, mm. carrying on, even when, you know, things get a little bit difficult or you, you're not heading exactly where you thought you would be. But also intensity, actually giving the task in front of you your concentration and making sure that you're actually focused on mm. what it, it is that you need. And all these things need to be taught. But actually, it's not through all well, I need to help a pupil activate is actually through the, the teaching that you would be yes. doing as a matter of course in your classroom. It's about how you um, structure what you would do normally in the classroom, as opposed to something entirely different, uh, you know, resilience as a, as a special topic. Mm. It's the style by which you actually teach in the classroom. And what, and what strategies that, that style involves. And it, and it links really nicely then into things um, like cog science so things like retrieval practice and yeah. modeling and all of that yeah all builds into the whole resilience building. absolutely because this is the thing if you if you have pupils who um, you're trying out retrieval practice for the first time they may well say well that was really hard I didn't like that I didn't mm. get many of those right but understanding the science behind it and understanding that actually desirable difficulties or you know making learning hard on yourself but in a good way is actually mm -hmm. part of it that 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 that's to be expected but then when they find that that effort that they're putting in with the retrieval practice is actually beginning to pay off and they're getting that sense of achievement and they're seeing the better scores and they're being able to retrieve information more quickly more easily uh, more effectively then they're much more likely mm -hmm. to continue with it rather than um, a situation where they're being exposed to challenge after challenge and they haven't got a strategy mm. to improve. And it's that breaking tasks down into small steps, providing, providing models to show pupils not just mm. how to do it right, but also what do you do when you make a mistake? What strategies would you use? What kind of mistakes might they encounter? Mm. So it's, 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 much, it's much more realistic mm. and you're teaching them how to literally how to be resilient in a particular context in a particular domain I, I love the way that it it all interconnects and it you know with mm. what you're just talking about and I know some of the work we did with the with the primary school last week up in up in Mutha it was linking it back to Rosenshine yeah and how much those principles of Rosenshine if you get those principles right within yeah. your teaching then again resilience will build yeah because we've got that right and again it's about that that strategy that teaching the yeah. ped your pedagogy really should support yeah i think resilience. what what we are um we are recognizing over the last few years and we're seeing happening more and more in schools is that things like teaching resilience and independence are not something separate they are just really effective teaching yeah you know if you get your instruction um 
the best it can be if you use strategies that that science mm. um, suggests are the best bets they might not work for everybody in, the, mm. in exactly the same way but they're certainly the, the best options for you to start with if you're working really hard on that and you're honing and refining and managing this the challenges that your children gives you really really effective then your children yeah. will be more resilient and, and they'll be more and i think it's it's also having that mindset that it's that it's exactly what you've just said it's not i'm going to do this activity because this is going to teach them resilience yeah. and it's not a tick box because no. it's not this activity is a resilience activity it's not all about that it's about having resilience inbuilt into your pedagogy yes and that you it's something that you do part part and parcel of everything that you do yes and i think there are a lot of schools out there and we've seen a lot of them doing this and it's you know there are real um advantages to doing this they've got characters in primary schools you know resilient rebecca or whoever it happens to be if those characters are linked with some of these really effective strategies mm. that that are used in really effective learning like I constantly are trying to remember things that I was taught two weeks ago or um, when I have something new to learn, I try and organize mm. it. Uh, I think about a picture that would represent it. You know, mm. if the character is linked directly with those kinds of things, rather than when things get hard, I just put in a little bit more effort because that's that's really hard to mm. say what that means. Mm. And, and we need uh, clearly defined research-based strategies that can be um, explicitly articulated to children so that they have a, a, a toolkit of things that they yeah. can draw on when their expectation of success mm. is low. It's, it's for example, if I think about my resilience, I think I'm, I'm a fairly resilient person, mm. but I think there are certain situations that I know I'm not very resilient mm. at all. If you said to me, come on, Jane, we're going to go out and run yeah four four five miles this yeah. afternoon i'd be like well you know <laughs> no i'd thanks. need a lot more yeah. support and scaffolding to get me yeah. there but if you said to me this afternoon we're going to do a couple of spreadsheets or yeah. you know my yeah. resilience for that is completely different and i yeah. think it's recognizing that the different things that you do yeah. you need that different amount of scaffolding and support and, and that applies to pupils isn't it it's that we're not just you we're not just saying you're a resilient person yeah but in certain situations, yeah. you might it's need context to it's specific. very, very context specific. And I think when when you, um, and I'm sure we have all been there, looked at something and thought, I can't do that, mm. but then had to go anyway or been forced, encouraged to have a go anyway and actually managed to do it, the learning um, that comes from that is... Oh, gosh, yes. Right, yeah. you know, yes, I can actually do that. So the next time you meet something like that, you're far more willing to do that. And I think if we want pupils to be more resilient, we actually have to create uh, teaching in classrooms that enables them to get a really high success rate. And if that means in the first instance, when your, your children are reaching, or trying out something that is their expectation of success is low, is actually, yes, reducing the challenge, scaffolding yeah. them through, making sure that the, the cognitive load is is manageable and actually mm. allowing them the pleasure of success so that you can then ramp up the difficulty yeah. as they have that motivation to actually want mm. to do more so it's it's not just a simple expose them to challenge give them the scaffolding and they'll do it you actually have to think about appropriate challenge i think there's this expectation that appropriate challenge is always high 
And yes, you would want to provide high challenge, but what's high for one person yeah, it's different for is not that. necessarily high for another person. So it needs to be it actually appropriate challenge is a better way of describing it than high challenge for all. It needs to yeah. be right for the learner in the context that they are actually in. And sometimes to the outsider, that actually might look really, really low. But if you know that that learner is their expectation of success is, is very low, they've got um, issues with that particular area that they need to feel the pleasure of success before they're fully motivated, then that's appropriate. Yeah. Oh, it's a minefield, isn't it? It is an absolute minefield. But I think if, if we were going to say one thing about what would you do to create resilient learners is to focus on um, effective teaching so that they are successful. Yeah. That high success in whatever they're doing and and you know understanding that that progress isn't linear it's it's appropriate that progress for that child might be actually saying yes yeah. i did it even yeah. though it was a very very simple so small, task. Steps, small steps yes mm. small steps steps that are appropriate for the child so there we go that's this is really our so this is our last podcast of the of the term i'm trying to think if we've got no, any I more think we've, we've got, got one more haven't we we have got one more next week but we are going to take a break over christmas holidays because everybody needs it yeah so we've got one more in conversation with yes uh, coming up before christmas and then we've got a couple more conversation conversation ones planned yeah for the new, the, the new year and a few more of of ours yeah um, but if you know if anybody does want to have a conversation with us oh just yes. drop us an email oh please do yes and, we'd love uh, to hear from you and we'll we'll factor that in absolutely obviously talking pedagogy and, and curriculum <laughs> we don't just talk about any old thing oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right well we will see you all again next week thanks for listening take care bye thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes you can find us online at www.impact.wales you can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.